Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. Today is February 18th, 2019, and I am broadcasting from beautiful Costa Rica. Today, we had some major events. We have actually three to discuss just for today, and it's actually a pretty big astrological week. So the first one is that Chiron has changed signs. Now, what is Chiron? The astronomers tell us something different all the time, and I think currently they're saying it's a comet, but they have in the past called it a dwarf planet, a planetoid, an asteroid. It is a heavenly body. And even though the astronomers cannot give it an exact title, I find that Chiron is a very powerful influence, and I have seen very powerful things with Chiron. Chiron in mythology is a wounded healer, and why this is, he spent most of his life in a cave, living in a cave, and Chiron was very talented. He studied medicine, he studied music, he taught people healing and music, and he was an extremely well-known, well-educated centaur, but he did live in a cave. He is the centaur that you see in the sky at night, the constellation. And his story goes that he was half mortal and half God. So he was a demigod. And I believe his father was Zeus. And it was one of those instances where Zeus disguised himself as a centaur, as a horse, and um, tricked some woman who inevitably gave birth to Chiron and uh, was so ashamed because he was a centaur, he was half man, half horse, that she wanted him to sort of stay hidden and keep him in the cave. And so she did, and, but he was well-known, well-regarded, and because he was half mortal and half immortal, he, when he was injured with a poison arrow accidentally at some festivity he was attending, the injury was sustained by, you know, by him, but he, no one could heal him and he couldn't heal himself. So he was in this constant pain. And essentially what happened was he couldn't die because he was immortal and he couldn't really just sort of transform the whole thing and rise above it because he was mortal. So he was stuck with this wound and it never healed. And eventually what the gods decided to do is put him in this, with the stars in the sky as that constellation and get him out of pain and release him to the heavens. Now, that's a happy ending sort of for a person, but uh, what Chiron represents in all of our charts, and we all have a Chiron, is that Chiron is our wound. It is the wound that doesn't heal. It is the wound that we keep going back to. It is the wound that we need to recognize, work with, and use it in a productive way. So perhaps you have uh, Chiron on your Venus, for example, in your chart, and you use that to help other people heal. Um, help, maybe you help women heal. Maybe you use it to write beautiful, sorrowful love songs, you know, in, in a creative sense or beautiful poetry. But Chiron is always present in your chart and where it falls and how it lands is, you know, depending on your chart, like all the other planets, but it is important to pay attention to. Chiron is uh, um, a heavenly body that takes 50 years to traverse the zodiac. So we do not 
get a Chiron return until we're 50 years old. And that usually brings up the wound or brings up some element of the wound or why you feel you couldn't heal the wound. And, and it sort of brings up a kind of a test in one's life. And right now Chiron has entered Aries. So it's left Pisces. It's left the end of the Zodiac. It has left behind a whole 50 years of traveling the entire Zodiac and now starting brand new at the zero Aries point, which is the cardinal axis. Now Aries is... Uh, a sign of independence, a sign of the warrior, a sign of someone who is an initiator, an inventor, someone who is first and wants to be first and is, is a sign of someone who is fiery and willful and headstrong to a certain degree. So some people who might have Chiron in Aries might have an injury to their head when they're a kid. Um, they might have some sort of, uh, you know, scar from, from Chiron and Aries. And but the thing is with Chiron and Aries, the theme is independence. And what happens when Chiron is in Aries and for people born with Chiron and Aries who have it and we're going to have their Chiron return now, Chiron and Aries is about your independence and how to make sure that you maintain it and it is not a wound for you because what inevitably happens with Chiron is like we go back and we revisit that wound. And when it's in areas that each of us needs to evaluate where our independence is or how we show our independence in our life, because it is a representative of a person who could be wounded because of their own sense of independence or autonomy. And if you are feeling very much, uh, you know, your Chiron return, if you're that age, if you're 50 years old and you're going to have that Chiron return, you are experiencing probably uh, a healing or a recognition of what that independence factor is about. If you live with Chiron and Aries, you are someone who needs that independence and has suffered at the hands of others because of your independence, meaning you, you are uh, told that's wrong or you are told that it's not the way to do things or wherever it lands in your chart. Maybe you want to work independently. Maybe you want to be just independent in your life and, or in relationships. There is a part of you that's been told or chastised for being who you are and Aries is the first house, and for you to be who you are in the world, and you have Chiron and Aries, there are circumstances that you have undergone where you have felt um, less than or wounded because you feel like you have, um, you can't be who you are, and that no one really understands who you are, or they won't accept you for who you really are. And that's something that the Chiron return will help you recognize and hopefully, you know, heal it to the extent that we heal it. So today Chiron enters Aries, has entered Aries, and I certainly felt a shift between yesterday and today, and I feel a different energy because Chiron at the end of Pisces, as I mentioned last week, was a sacrifice or a surrender. And when you kind of throw your hands in the air and you don't know what to do, and then the solution comes. So that is... That is how I'm feeling about this shift of signs. Chiron's not going back into Pisces. 
It's now going to go full speed into Aries, and we're going to see what that brings. The other thing that happened today is the sun went into Pisces. And this is, you know, the annual event where the sun enters the sign of Pisces. It was 6.04 p.m. Eastern time. And if you are uh, a Pisces, then the sun is with you right now. And this is a good time for you to feel highlighted and, and embracing who you are in your, in your sun time. Now, Pisces is a sign that's, excuse me, ruled by Neptune. And we are um, in this till about the... 20th of March or so, actually, the, yeah, the 20th of March, and that's when solstice begins, the, um, or actually the spring equinox, that's when that begins. So, when we have uh, the sun in Pisces at the end of the zodiac, and it is the place where we go to rest, where we go to um, experience our inner self, it is a great time to meditate with the sun in Pisces. It is a great time to experience the, the solitude that one needs a little bit to heal. Pisces rules places like ashrams and healing centers and retreats. Um, it, it does rule the 12th house. So it's where we go to retreat. Sometimes you go to retreats at your like family's cabin. Sometimes you go to retreat at a, a yoga spa or something. Sometimes you go to retreat at the hospital. So Pisces also rules hospitals because the 12th house rules hospitals. So if you find yourself in need of some respite, this is, this is the time to do it. It's the end of winter in the north. Um, it is, you know, we're past the midpoint of winter and we're moving towards the, you know, the spring equinox on the 20th of March. So this is it. This is the last moments of winter. And also today, Venus has a uh, conjunct Saturn. Now, if you've listened before, you know a conjunction is a blending of two planetary energies. And both of these planets are in Capricorn right now. So they got together today, actually a little bit this morning, 5.52 a.m. Eastern time. And Venus is at 16. And that's where Saturn is at 16. And the two of them in mid-Capricorn have, you know, this connection today, and it's an interesting one, because Saturn is all about structure, and is all about discipline and duty, and sometimes Saturn is cold. It is cold and restrictive and limiting, and it's where we need to set limits and boundaries, and Saturn meeting, when Venus comes to meet with Saturn, there may be some sort of limit in your life relative to Venusian things, or you have connected with some sort of limit in your life, in socially, emotionally, uh, creatively, or financially. So especially with Venus and Saturn and Capricorn, it could really be a financial thing because Capricorn rules governments and banks and institutions and, and corporate America and the corporations in the world. So when we deal with a Venus-Saturn conjunction, there's a number of things we need to be aware of. Firstly, Venus is planet of love and beauty and art. We feel somewhat separated from it when we have Saturn meeting with it. It is not necessarily bad. It ends in a few hours. The next day, tomorrow, you should start feeling lighter. But it often indicates 
times of endings or like I said, minutes. And when Venus and Saturn meet, they are hiding Venus's love principle. So Saturn sort of blocks the love principle. There's a wall around the love principle. Maybe you can't get to your finances in some way. Maybe there's something creative you're in a, in a dry spell creatively. This is something to pay attention to because there is a way through it. You just have to do some, maybe some homework, some rules, some regulations, some lists. You know, homework is Saturn's domain. So when we're listening to ourselves talk about, you know, our day today and we think about what's happened in these last couple of days, you know, it's not like you're going to get your heart stepped on necessarily, but you are going to have to deal with some sort of limit in some way. And it's only once a year that they're conjunct, but it's also a good time to like clean up your finances. It's a good time to meet with your tax accountant. You know, it's, it's those kinds of things. Um, very practical matters. Um, but when we deal with Venus and Saturn, people, there are people born with that in their charts. So somebody born today is going to have that in their chart. And that for them is some responsibility that they need to take for feeling that they are not lovable. And it's one of the tougher aspects to have in your astrological chart, but it is a great reward in the end because when you have Venus and Saturn, inevitably you are going to work through it and feel loved and achieve love because when Venus and Saturn get together, anything that's conjunct Saturn usually means yes, you are going to have that forever experience or that great experience. And Venus and Saturn together mean that a person is going to find their soulmate, the great love of their life. It isn't like that fluffy, wonderful Venus Jupiter that we had back at the end of January, which is like, ooh, I'm in love. It's not that. <laughs> it's a very practical, very practical consideration, but also something to work through. So if you are a Venus Saturn person, if you have that in your chart, if you have the conjunction you're having of recurrence today, and it really reminds you of something where you may feel somehow slighted or unloved or forgotten about in some way. Um, but that passes and it helps you identify where it's coming from. And that's what's really important about having a recurrence of something in your astrological chart. It really identifies, helps you identify where it's coming from. And so when Venus and Saturn meet and they, there are other hard aspects that they will connect to each other in, in, throughout the year, and I will bring them up when they happen. But when we have Venus and Saturn, it is important to sort of be disciplined about what we need to do or set a plan or make a strategy about something. Maybe you need to make a financial plan or a financial strategy. Venus Saturn is like looking in the mirror and just feeling kind of, you know, unattractive in some way or unembraced by love in some way. And that is, it's not the truth. It's not reality. Even though, Saturn is the planet of reality. It really is not about that. It's about embracing the limit and embracing the work that you have to do to get to Venus. So imagine that Venus is sort of covered over by Saturn because Saturn's like a wet blanket. And Saturn will eventually give you what you want. It always does. So if you have Venus, Saturn, do not despair. 
you will someday have the right things, the right love, the right things in your life that relate to Venus Saturn. And they are important things to you and, and you probably wouldn't trade them for the world, but all the work that you go through to experience that Venus once you understand what Saturn's asking of you. And things are usually very karmic for people in your life because socially, that's it's Venus is a social planet. So Venus Saturn is definitely a karmic experience. Okay, that being said, Venus is busy this week because remember the eclipse back on January 5th where the eclipse sat in between Saturn and Pluto because Saturn is behind Pluto right now. Saturn isn't where Pluto is. It has to catch up. But Venus is going to catch up to Pluto at the end of the week. So today she may be talking to Saturn. Friday the 22nd, she's talking to Pluto that night. And if you are a person who has Saturn and Pluto in your chart, if you are born with Saturn and Pluto and perhaps Venus is sort of in between them, that is what we call, once again, besieged. So Venus is in this little corner space between Saturn and Pluto. And she is truly working something through this week. So each and every one of us is working something through or coming to some terms or experiencing something relative to our finances, our creativity, our relationships. Venus Pluto is a very different story than Venus Saturn. Venus Pluto is all about the underworld and the Persephone myth, which is when Persephone went into the underworld to, she was brought into the underworld against her will by Pluto. And she had a few pomegranate seeds and she wasn't supposed to eat anything in the underworld if she wanted to return to the upper world. And her mother, Demeter, was looking all over the earth for her. And when Demeter finally found out where she was, she sent Mercury to retrieve her daughter. But Persephone, because she visited the underworld with Pluto and had some pomegranate seeds, was no longer a young girl. She was a woman. And so she ingested food in the underworld and therefore could only be on the upper world, on the earth, for half the year, and then in the underworld for the other half of the year. So this tells us that we need to embrace our light and our dark. And Venus and Pluto together are very sexy. They're very deep. They're intense. They're a little dark. Embrace it. Embrace your darkness. I frankly find Venus Pluto easier to deal with than Venus Saturn. Pluto is far more unconscious. Saturn's a lot more conscious than, than uh, Pluto because Saturn's more material. Saturn is a visible planet, but with the naked eye, Pluto is not. And I think that Pluto tells us work it through. Work it through in a deep, um, profound way. Not in a not in a way in a way that in a way that's like, oh, I'm falling in love. Oh, that was great. It was passionate. You have to, like, understand the depth of what you're dealing with. So while Venus is between Saturn and Pluto this week, watch what happens in your relationships, in your friendships, in your family relationships, in your partnerships, in, your, in everything, in your work relationships, everybody, your kids. See what happens this week. Notice where it's manifesting in your life because you are going to have a story. So this is a very powerful week for Venus but it is also a place where she feels hemmed in between Saturn and Pluto and she needs to work her way out. I think it's interesting once again, that it starts with Saturn, which is, mm, I can't do that. Mm, I don't know how to do that. Oh, I'm afraid to do that. 
I'm at a loss. And then Pluto, which says, I'm empowered. I can do this. I'm going to make this happen. By hell or high water, I'm going to make this happen. And that's what this transformational week is about for Venus. Pay attention. It's very important. In the meantime, we have a full moon tomorrow. It's actually showing up kind of tonight, but it really is. It happens, the exactitude of it happens at 10.54 a.m. on Tuesday, and that's Eastern time. It's at zero degrees Virgo, the moon, as the sun is at zero degrees Pisces. And it isn't alone because this very interesting relationship is uh, the moon is making some other aspects. So the moon is talking to the sun in that Virgo Pisces way. And Virgo moons are all about, you know, order and details and being very um, organized. And people who have a Virgo moon love that organization and detail and love being tidy and having everything like, you know, work out for them. The numbers work out, the details work out, and they get a sense of satisfaction from all of that. So the... Full moon is a really good time to clean house. This is a clean house kind of full moon, spiritually because of Pisces, physically because of Virgo. And so it's a great place to sort of pay attention to what's going on. Now, um, as far as your house and your internal house. So what is, why it's not alone is that the moon is going to make a nice relationship to Uranus in the morning. And then it's going to make a very nice relationship to Mars in the afternoon because they're still close to each other. So the moon is moving out of um, where it was in Leo into Virgo. And the sun is you know, in Pisces. And they will oppose each other at 10.54 a.m. Eastern time. And the moon makes a very nice aspect to Mars. And I mentioned because Mars is in Taurus. So while this is going on, Mercury is talking to Neptune. So this is very Piscean energy we have going on here. So the moon is highlighting the sun, and the sun is highlighting the moon, and that, that incredible full moon in Virgo, but the sun is really shining in Pisces. And Mercury's in Pisces, Neptune's in Pisces, the sun is in Pisces. These are all intuitive places. These are all moments of intuition, instinct, and paying attention to what's going on intuitively and what your inner voice is saying, what your gut's saying. So Mercury is conjunct Neptune. Tomorrow, it's actually kind of tonight, 1.37 a.m., so the middle of the night. And this is all about your intuition and your instincts and what's what you're experiencing. So during this full moon, it might be very high intuition. Pay attention. Listen carefully. It's very important. The moon is going to be in Virgo, Tomorrow, Wednesday, and then it switches sides into Libra on Thursday, Friday, and eventually we'll go into Scorpio Saturday morning and stay there Sunday. The moon is void tomorrow morning from 8.51 a.m. to 9.47 a.m., so that's just the time to go get coffee. <laughs> and, um, and tomorrow, it will, then we'll have the full moon, and then first, uh, Wednesday, it will go void, of course, at 8.51 p.m. So, you know, that's late enough to not have to worry about, on the East Coast anyway, late enough not to have to worry about, you know, getting things done and starting these things. So as we move through the week, the only other void is on Saturday, which is 10.10 10 a.m. 
and only for a short while, for about 45 minutes, and then it goes into Scorpio. It's a very busy week for Mercury as he talks to Jupiter on Friday and has a nice relationship with Pluto on Saturday. So they are busy this week. The, the communication planet's busy this week and having nice conversations before the end of the week. Um, and these are good. These are good to pay attention to. Listen to your inner voice. It's talking this week. Pay attention to Venus. Pay attention to your intuition, your relationships and your intuition. And write some things down for yourself. This is a really good week for being observant of your life. That's about it for me. This is Deb McBride. I am an astrologer, and I welcome you to see my website, debmcbride.com. You can schedule an astrology session with me if you'd like, and contact me at deb at debmcbride.com. You can listen to my podcast here. And also, I have Instagram and Twitter at debmcbride, or at debastrology, pardon me, at debastrology. I wish you a wonderful week and I'll see you after Venus Pluto.